welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am your hostess, Suzanne Proxa, business strategist and coach for female entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven and looking to make a major impact in the world. This podcast is my passion and is intended to showcase women who have overcome obstacles to hopefully inspire and empower all of you to do the same. And now on with the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. Today, I am on with someone that I absolutely adore. Anza Goodbar is my guest today, and we have been kind of hanging out online for a while now. And I love everything that she does. She is a business strategy coach uh, who has a pretty interesting story that I cannot wait to talk to her about today that I'm sure will inspire a lot of you listening. So with that, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. All right. Well, first of all, why don't we start with the important part? Why don't you tell us your your story? All right. Well, I will give you the Reader's Digest version because there's a lot that we could talk about, but I know that we're limited on time today. Um, I think one of the things that makes my story unique is I was a pregnant teen, and at 16, I found out that I was pregnant, which was a huge surprise because I had had some female issues growing up and the doctors had told me that I was sterile. So when I came down with morning sickness, I thought it was actually just the flu that was going around school. So much to my surprise, I had this little miracle baby and my parents said I could make a choice. I could keep my baby and be disowned or I could abort my baby and I could remain in our family. Well, you know, at 16, I was like, this might be my only chance to have a child, so I'm going to keep my, uh, my baby. And um, my dad asked me, so where are you going to live? And, you know, the only thing I could think of at that point was, I guess not with you. And that became a stark um, reality check for me, you know, and my mom said, well, you know, you made your bed, now you can sleep in it. And I was like, well, thanks for the wow. support. You know, it was like, what happened to the I will love you no matter what messaging that I grew up with, you know? So they decided it would be best for me to marry my boyfriend, which we had had plans to get married anyway. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great, you know? And everybody was so angry with me. You know, the messaging that I got was, you've just thrown your life away. You're going to end up on welfare. You're going to live a life of poverty. You're never going to make it to college. You've thrown all of your potential away. You know, shame on you kind of messaging. And I had one high school teacher who I love to this day. And believe it or not, we are still connected on Facebook. And I graduated in the 80s. And she said to me, you know what? This is a beautiful thing. You know, you're going to get to have this baby. And life is going to be an adventure for you. And she said, you are going to live an unconventional life. You can still have everything that you want. You're just not going to live it in the same order that all of your classmates are. And she said, if you want something badly enough, I have faith in you that I know that you will be able to figure it out. Mm 
And I'll tell you, there were a lot of really tough times. I got married, you know, at 16. Um, immediately, my husband started abusing me. I, I don't think we'd even been married a week before he hit me the first time. And, you know, all I could think to myself was I have nowhere to go. They didn't have women's shelters back then. Um, I lived in a small town in Wyoming. Um, everybody knew my story. There wasn't anyone that I could turn to, you know. And so I was like, well, marriage is forever, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. And, you know, I just got the really ugly short end of the stick, but I needed to figure out how to make it work. Um, long story short, we stayed together for five years. We had three children together. Um, he ended up breaking the law, went to prison for 30 years. So at 21, I had three kids under the age of five, and I was on my own. I had a part-time job working at Target, and I went in every day, and I just asked my boss every day, you know, I need a full-time job. What do you have for me? And it was like nothing, 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 you know, and every day. This probably went on for nine months. And then one day they said, you know what, we have a management position in the snack bar. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do food service. You get pigeonholed. No, don't want to do it. But you know what? I had three kids. I was making six bucks an hour. I needed insurance and I needed shelter and food. So I said, all right, but you have to promise me I'm not going to be stuck here, you know. Well, of course, they promised me, and of course, for a while, I was stuck, but then um, I ended up meeting another man, remarried, we relocated, and it gave me a chance to start over. You know, it's like, what do I want to be? I know I don't want to do this anymore, and so I decided, you know what? I want to be a secretary. Doesn't that sound like fun? Now, keep in mind, this was before computers or word processing or Microsoft Word or spell check, you know? We had mimeograph paper to make duplicates with, so you had to actually spell correctly and do grammar correctly first time around, or you had to recreate the whole thing. Um, and I did that for a lot of years, and I loved it, and I found that that was really my gift. You know, organizing, creating systems um, was what I really loved. And then one morning I woke up and said, you know what, I want to be an event planner. And so I found a job, and I started becoming an event planner, and I did that for about a dozen years, and it was great fun. And finally, when I was 38, I decided, you know what, my youngest child is getting ready to go into high school. I'm going to college. I'm going to do this, finally. And so I did, and it was everything I ever thought college was going to be and more. Um, I graduated with a 4.0 GPA. And, you know, my motivation was, I am going to show those people back home. I am going to make something out of myself. And this was my way of, of kind of proving it to the world. So that was kind of my <sighs> turn your pain into gain moment, you know, that one of these days I'm going to be all these things I dreamed of. And um, when I graduated from college, I opened my first business. My oldest son and I opened a mortgage company, which was quite successful. Um, until 2008 when the real estate and mortgage industry crashed. We lost everything in the crash. Um, it was totally tragic. So we said, you know what? We got to figure it out again. What are we going to do? So we started a brand management and production company and help people start new businesses, getting their branding, their packaging together, that kind of thing. And 
while that was up and going, I started a virtual assistant business, which I thought, you know, when I had first heard about it, how silly is that? Who's going to hire someone to work from their home, you know, to do work that needs to be done in the office? And it's amazing when you hit a crisis moment how dramatically your perspective can shift. And all of a sudden you see all of these possibilities, you know. So I thought I would work with people who were in the mortgage industry or the real estate industry, or I would be a remote event planner. And I had all these plans. And those were not the people that I attracted. I attracted people who wanted to start up a business. I attracted people who needed systems in their business. And so from the very beginning, I started working with small companies and entrepreneurs and about four years ago, I started attracting coaches into my business and the coaching business was really fascinating to me. And um, even though I've lived my life kind of backwards, personal growth and learning has always been a high priority for me. I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I love learning new things. And so I said, you know what? I think I could add coaching to my business. And so a, a few years ago, I went and got a coaching certification and started doing one-on-one um, -on -one and group coaching, training and speaking. And it has been such a blast, such a blast. So that's my story. Awesome. Wow. Talk about showing those people back home, right? <laughs> you know, I went back for my 10-year high school reunion, and it was like the scariest thing ever. You know, I thought, oh, my gosh, when are they even going to remember me? Because I, I just kind of disappeared from school one day. There was, you know, everything just happened so quickly. And um, I was like, what are they going to think? And my dad had committed suicide when I was 18, and everybody blamed me for being the culprit for his choice because I had shamed the family in such a mighty way. And so I had this huge fear that everybody was going to, you know, finger point at me and shame me because of what I had done. And, you know, the reception was so entirely different than what I expected. And everybody was so happy for the success that I had found and the choices I'd made and where I was at at that particular point in time. And I went back for my 20 year reunion. And again, you know, everybody was like, wow, you really, you know, you really did great. We never would have thought that this would have been the outcome based on what we knew had happened to you you know, when you were in high school. So it was really fun to go back in and be that surprise success story because nobody had any expectations for me whatsoever. And I find that interesting because it just, it says a lot about, you know, how we as humans, we often worry about things, don't we? We worry, worry, worry. Mm -hmm. And in reality, if we take a step back and we look at, you know, when does this stuff ever really come to fruition? Right. It doesn't very often. If we're honest right. with ourselves and we take a look, all that stress and anxiety, uh -huh. it, it doesn't, it doesn't turn into anything. So I think an interesting part of your story you know, one of the things that I find fascinating is one of the coaches that I worked with a couple of years ago. Um, said, are the fears that you're having real in that is there a real imminent danger with your fear or is your fear just between your two ears and you're fabricating all of the what ifs, what ifs of could happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be able to really look at things, um, 
with that kind of perspective, it's like, oh, well, that's not a real fear. I'm making that all up out of my people pleasing, um, you know, desires that, you know, I still, even though this has been many years ago, I still want to please people. I still don't want to let people down. And I have to sometimes do some self-correcting to say, you know what, that's, that's not real. I'm fabricating that. It's not going to matter. That probably is not going to be the reception I'm going to get, you know, and 99% of the time that holds true. Yeah. So that's a, a great lead in uh, since we're already talking about mindset related items. Mm. What mindset did you hold and how did that help you push through life's challenges? Right. You know, mindset is such a buzzword these days and everybody knows what mindset is. But 40 years ago, you know, coaching wasn't around. Mindset wasn't a word, you know, that, that we really knew. Um, definitely thinking about attitude and having the right attitude made a difference. And um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so watching my parents each grow their own businesses, I watched them model, you know, when things don't work, you figure out another way. You know, you never say I can't. You just look at another avenue for getting the outcome that you want. And I think I was able to apply that to my life because so much of it was really sink or swim. You know, I didn't have a safety net. I didn't have another option. And so I had to choose a growth mindset or I would have perished. I mean, I really don't know what the alternative would have been. Maybe it would have been that life of welfare and poverty and despair, you know, if you just turn belly up. But I had such a burning desire to prove everybody wrong about me, you know, that I still had potential. I still could make an impact on the world. I still could fulfill my dreams. And so that was really, you know, like I said earlier, turning the pain into gain kind of mentality. And then just holding on to Dana's words to me, you know, you can do it. You can do it. If you want it, you'll figure it out. And I replayed that conversation in my head hundreds of thousands of times, you know, from the time I left school, probably into my mid thirties, um, you know, because there were a lot of tough times up until that point, until I kind of got into my own and really felt comfortable with who I was and, let go of that chip on my shoulder a little bit because I think I did have a big chip. I felt like I had to overcompensate because I didn't have a college degree. I had to be better and work harder than everybody else because I felt like I was less than because I was a teenage mom, you know? Um, and so it was something that I, I had to intentionally think about. And I've always been a list maker and I've always had very big goals. And so part of that also, I think, was just taking intentional action. You know, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. What are the action steps? And then I would kind of reverse engineer it and figure out what I needed to do to make those things happen. Interesting. And there's, there's something that you mentioned that really made me perk up. And that was, you know, you mentioned the person that was so encouraging to you. Mm and how you kept reflecting on that. And it's interesting, uh, you know, before we, we came on, we were talking a little bit about having similar histories. And um, if you haven't listened to my episode one, I got brave and, and told my own story. And, you know, one thing I didn't mention in there is that one of the people that, that I also had a person 
Um, I had a teacher in high school who mm -hmm. saw my potential and, you know, really worked with me and let me do things in the classroom and really led me to believe in myself. And so I think that even if you're somebody who has grown up, grown up in a similar situation, maybe not as supportive uh, atmosphere and people around you that look, take a look back and see if there isn't somebody, somebody in that, in your history that maybe was lifting you up that you could latch onto and, and, you know, use to help you get through. Definitely. You know, I think it takes just one person to believe in you, to help you believe in yourself. And um, after I had my baby, she had me come to the classroom and talk to the girls in her child living and family development class and share, you know, what is my life like as a teenage mom? What kind of changes took place in my life? What kinds of things was I missing, you know, now that I was married and, and had a child? Um, because I certainly didn't have a peer group of friends, you know, who were married and had children. And so it was really cool that she could take this tragic event in my life and turn it into a teachable moment and be able to reach, you know, another classroom full of girls and say, you know, you can make different choices. You can make whatever choice you want, but this is a real life living consequence of what your life could turn into overnight. And so I was always really grateful that she gave me that opportunity to have a voice and to make an impact even back then when I was still figuring things out. Love it. So what lessons did you learn that could be applied to building your businesses? Well, definitely um, belief in yourself is key because, I mean, you know, being a coach, we can't ever achieve more than what we believe in ourselves. And so first and foremost, you need to have a really strong foundation about who you are. I think that you need to also really be thick skinned and not listen to the naysayers, you know, and not let people say, oh, you can't do that. You don't have an education or you don't have this or, you know, whatever their, their message it is, don't buy into it. Make sure that you are filling your mind with positive things, whether you do affirmations, whether your thing is meditation or prayer, whether it's reading books, whatever it is, be very consistent in feeding yourself positive messaging because we all have a judge inside of our head that's constantly giving us that negative self-talk. And, you know, it's one thing to battle that, but to battle everybody else's voices too can be really difficult. So be really grounded and have that person, you know, whether it is a family member, a friend, um, whether it's a mentor that you hire, have that one person who's there to be a cheerleader for you. And somebody that you can have as a thinking partner to help you brainstorm other solutions if what you're working on just doesn't happen to work out. When I started my first business, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And like I said, we didn't have coaches back then. So I went to the Chamber of Commerce and they had mentors there. And I utilized every resource that was available. So, you know, be willing to think outside the box, be tenacious, um, listen to advice, but also listen to your intuition. 
because in the end, I think our intuition really is truthful with us. And if we follow it, um, I think it's going to lead us down the right path. And, you know, never be afraid to dream too big. Never be afraid to start living your dream. It's never too late. All great advice. And I love the last part. I Thank do. You. I love it. Um, so then what advice would you give other women or, or another woman who feels like she's an underdog, but she's got that burning desire to make an impact? What do you oh. say to her? You know, again, I would say belief in yourself is definitely key. Even if you feel like you're the underdog, if you want it badly enough, sit down and make out a plan, figure out the steps that you need, um, find the resources that you need. If you need to get a certification, if you need to have a degree, if you need to find a mentor or a coach, you know, take those steps. Don't let the fear of I can't or maybe I can't do it. Um, some of the voices that we hear in our head, you know, really make us feel like we're in a, an imposter. We're not worthy because we don't have the same accreditation as somebody who's been doing what you want to do for 20 years. So be willing to think outside of the box to make that dream happen. And don't be afraid to ask for help because someone who is further down the road than you are is almost always going to be willing to reach back and give you a hand and help pull you forward. And one of the things I use in my business model is there's three people that I need to have in my life. I need to have a mentor. I need to have someone that I am mentoring and I need to have a cheerleader, somebody who's going to be there to encourage me on days when I feel like it's just too tough. And so I think if you have those three people in your life, you can make anything happen that you want to make happen. Cheerleaders are so important. They are. They're key. I have, I'm very blessed to have a group full of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you are. Know, my Facebook group is amazing. So important. And, you know, it's, it's always hard for me. I know for myself to, to see women holding back because mm -hmm. they either, they don't have the confidence right. or they li they're living in the land of, I can't. Or, mm -hmm. or impossibility. Those are not lands that you need to be in, nor right. do you want to be in them. I so agree. I think that your your message is right on, and hopefully that will that will inspire some of the people who are listening to really go ahead and try and and get out of the land of impossibility. And I can't. Exactly. And I tell everybody, I have lived an unexpected life. You know, I have done things that people never would have dreamed that I could have done. You know, I've lived abroad. I've been a competitive ballroom dancer. Um, you know, I've been a business owner. I have raised four amazing kids who are entrepreneurs themselves. Um, none of my kids ended up in gangs or got anybody pregnant or, you know, any of those things that were foretold of my future. And I tell everybody, if I could do it starting out life totally backwards, 
you can do it too. Absolutely. 100%. And the help, I mean, the help is always there. Mm -hmm. And the support, it's there. You just have to find it. Yes, I agree. Sometimes that involves opening your eyes to actually look for it. Mm -hmm. And being willing to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. Because sometimes I think it's the fear of asking puts blinders on us so we don't see the resources that are available to us. Yes, definitely. And... I was just going to say, you know, one of the things I would have done differently earlier in my career, if there had been coaches, I would have made that investment earlier than I did because there's such a value in having that encouraging person who's totally dedicated to bringing out the very best in you um, to help accelerate, one, your personal growth, but two, your business path. And having done businesses both ways, it's amazing the acceleration that you can get by having that bonded, committed relationship. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. I've, I've floundered around for a very long time before I got, before I signed on with Melissa Farr, and it was a painful experience, and um I often tell people I would have been a millionaire by now if I hadn't waited. Mm-hmm. So, and I believe I, that. I believe that too. I really do. So, kicking myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't follow my lead on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in this case, do as I say, not as I did, right? right. <laughs> well, it has been a delight to have you on. Like I said, you know I adore you. I I get to see her every day online and she does amazing work. And so I'm sure that the people listening would love to know how they can hang out with you, where they can find you, all of that good stuff. Oh, definitely. Well, um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Suzanne finally got me to jump onto Instagram and I am so loving it. Yay. Um, And then if you want to know more about me, you can go to my website, which is just ansagoodbar.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Well, thank Um, you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm sure that will definitely inspire some of the ladies out there. So I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, you are number six. Woohoo! Woohoo! So so exciting. yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. And I will, of course, see you online soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found some inspiration from today's episode. If you would like to find me and check me out, you can head over to SuzanneProxa.com. Or if you are a female entrepreneur who is purpose-driven, head over to my Facebook group at Fempreneurs.biz. Thank you so much for listening today, and I will see you in the next episode.